Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team who put my pre-match prediction to shame with a convincing win at Burnley. We'll get to that shortly. Plus, later on, Frankie cooks me up another of his spicy questions. But before we get into all that, Frankie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very good, thank you. The sun is shining this week. Can you mm. believe it? We're in the Incredible. UK. It's, it's the first time since the year 2014 that people in the UK have seen the sun and a clear blue yeah. sky. It's been a long old time and I've immediately got sunburn. So I'm looking quite red at this very mm. moment in time, as I tend to do uh, when when the sun comes out once every eight years. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, and also I went to see Doctor Strange on Friday night and the multiverse of madness marvel movies are they are they your thing george um not not really no they they're, they're, they they sort of divide people i think marvel yeah. movies frankie uh, and i'm probably on the uh, on the side that's not a massive fan of them but um there are there are a couple i will say exceptions are thor ragnarok which yes. is uh, is very good um but generally no nah, not really for me yeah same i'm i'm not i wouldn't say i'm like a super fan but i've got a couple of friends who are really into it and we are, it's like good fun to go watch it with them so i'm, I'm kind of like up to speed now on the sort of the the, the story arc of it all mm. endgame was really good and uh thor ragnarok that was hilarious right that it was mm. like it's like they figured out like actually we should not take this very seriously and just let Jeff Goldblum act like a complete lunatic. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really good. That is why I quite liked it, was because I think sometimes I find them a little bit cringy when they're taken a, taken a bit too seriously, whereas that one clearly didn't. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it was all the better for it. I know what you mean about the sun, though, Frankie, going back to going back to that point. I, I was at a wedding yesterday, and I was just cooking during the ceremony. I was <laughs> sat there. There was no breeze. Sun was beating down. My, I was in my like like quite dark blue suits. All right, yeah, I was just, yeah. I was, I was, I was just cooking away, and I thought, well, so I'm half met, half Cypriot. So I thought, well, that's be all right. I'll just get a nice tan. Yeah. It's my nose in the morning, just just bright red, cheeks <laughs> yeah. bright red, forehead bright red, <laughs> neck peeling. It's just because I'm just yeah, like you, Frankie. You know, we're not we're not used to it. we're not used to it. I don't think we have we haven't seen the sun for. For an awfully long time, have we? So, um, no, so yeah, not, not not used to it at all. Not yeah. Um, and actually, so, something else I want to ask you about, I, I, this is a Villa podcast, uh, obviously, so we will get to Villa in a second, but I saw a trailer for Avatar sequel, right? Mm. Now, Avatar is the highest grossing film of mm. all time. Do you remember a single thing about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, the, the the only thing I remember about it was the 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 buzz everyone had at the time of wearing just daft 3D glasses. Oh my goodness. That was that was it, wasn't it? Oh it was kind of God. like that was the film that really encompassed that was crazy time in cinematic history where people just decided that that, th- that 3D was the future despite it being actually quite an old technology. Yes. Um what happened just, there? I, I don't know. I that was just a weird strange blip. In... I remember I remember Sky got into it as well with the football and then like yeah. in like 2008 <laughs> yeah. like Richard Keys was wearing you know Richard <laughs> Keys the old presenter who's now writing very funny blog posts <laughs> Keysy. Uh he uh, just cut to him and he was wearing the little 3D glasses like you can watch football this way I, like, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't Why? I don't want Led- I don't want Ledley King sliding into my living room actually, <laughs> Keep him, keep him on the on the TV. I don't want Craig Bellamy headbutting me in the face. Thank you very much. 
Um, yeah, it was. Uh, but you're right. It was. It was like a technology from like 1992. Yeah. Like why it suddenly just went through this spell of being huge again? I don't know. But yeah, Avatar the sequel. I just saw it and I was like, what the hell? Like mm. this film is the highest grossing ever. So. You know they've, they've got they've got as as many people have seen that film as have downloaded this uh, podcast. I'm telling you, George, that's the way it is. Yeah, I know. Avatar, Avatar is a is an absolutely terrible film. But you know what wasn't terrible to watch, Frankie? No, it was Villa three, Burnley one at Turf Moor yesterday. Oh yeah, um, what a what a win! And and I have to ask you, obviously we beat we did beat Norwich as well. But were you happier with this win compared to the one against Norwich? Yeah, because I. My reasoning with the Norwich room that I wasn't overly delighted was that it just felt a bit pre-season. It was all a bit relaxed and chilled out, which maybe says a lot more about Norwich than it does about Villa. I personally would have just liked Villa to have, I don't know, like gone for it a bit more, you know, put them put them to bed quicker or something, you know, instead of it being mm. one nil right to the end. Now, firstly, Burnley, you know, the caveat is Burnley were really poor, right? I thought two banks of four. It looked very, very pedestrian. They looked very um, predictable. Um, there was nothing there except maybe Dwight McNeil. But it was just so obvious what they were they were doing. That said, they have won three in a row, uh, mm. you know, and they've drawn another one. So, you know, four games unbeaten, three wins in a row. You're going into a team that, you know, is, you'd think fighting for their lives at their place. Um, so you think, you know, this is going to be a tough day out, but Villa made it look so easy. Buendia between the lines was the biggest problem. I think that was the biggest difference in the first half was that their two banks of four were so flat and unimaginative that Buendia, this creative, you know, little magician, um, the greatest player in Argentinian football history, Buendia, Maradona, Messi in that order. <laughs> uh, it's... Um, he he was able to just find the space in there. And lo and behold, you know, from the first five minutes was a moment he headed the ball onto Danny Ings, which was a really clever little movement from him. Mm. And then he received the ball from Douglas Louise uh, in space, turns, sees Danny Ings' run. And not for the first time this season, actually, that connection. Um, uh, he puts him in and a great finish from Danny Ings. And so Buendia really was the difference, I think. And I think all these, these screaming out we've had for um, him to start recently... He deserved it. He's been excellent recently. And yesterday against Burnley, and not just off the Burnley game, but a lot of recent games and recent performances, all the way back to January, I would say, there are signs that he's ready to become the main man for Villa, I think. Mm. And therefore, that does raise questions as to whether we actually spend all that money on Coutinho and his wages. Um, but then, you know, I don't, I don't want to ramble on too long, you know, you don't want to hear my voice too long. But also part of what made Villa so threatening was... Not just Buendia, but also our wide players. This was this was a good. I know Gerard relies heavily on fullbacks, attacking fullbacks, and I thought Cash and Dinier showed signs that I was like, okay, Villa could be a really threatening team with our fullbacks because Cash uh, and Dinier, both of them, um, were so confident going forward. They were both hard to beat in defence, but Cash is attacking has improved so much. Just a couple mm. of months ago, I remember saying like. Cash, to me, he looks like he gets the final third and then he tends to turn back and pass it to McGinn. It's like he doesn't back himself to beat the final man. Now it looks like he believes in himself. Yeah. Um, and he's he's looking like an elite fullback now. He just he, He's looking like an international standard quality fullback. Um, mm -hmm. And I know it's only Burnley and I know it's only Norwich we've just beaten, 
but there's been enough performances from Cash this season to make me think that he's reached a really high level and that next season, Dini and Cash could be two big players to watch in the Premier League, potentially. Yeah. Um, uh, but one threat was Dini. The, the biggest threat I thought Burnley had was when Weghorst got a shot on the counter-attack. Dwight Manil had a big shot, but that was from a constant mistake. But it was when... Um, they broke through McNeil, I think it was, and Dinier was caught high up the pitch. So Villa need to work out, I think, how to stop that from happening when our fullbacks are caught. Mm. You know, how do we stop that counter? But all in all, Villa were really comfortable the whole game. Fantastic third goal, start to finish. Again, Buendia involved, Douglas Louise, John McGinn's ball, and uh, Ollie Watkins with the movement. So um, all in all, a um, really positive, really good display from Villa. Um, I've gone on too long, George. What did you think of it? <laughs> I'll, I'll save you from yourself, Frankie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was certainly a much better performance than the um, than a game against Norwich. Hmm. Uh, I said last week, I'm I'm quite happy with the formation. You know, we, we we're playing this sort of diamond uh, formation, um, which is which is getting the most out of Ings and Watkins. Definitely. I mean, obviously both. Uh, on the score sheet again and um and and working working well off each other uh mm. which is which is great you know we talk about this huge outlay on onings over the summer and 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 throughout the season we've been thinking about you know how, how are we playing them where do we play them do we play Watkins on the wing do we drop them completely or, or or whatever it was it was kind of a this big conundrum particularly in the early stages of the season but now it, I feel like with this formation okay it, it doesn't it does mean that we we have to be uh we have to go without wide players, bar the fullbacks, obviously. Mm. But I think it works. Um, it, we, we seem to be playing playing well. It's a formation that's that's working for us. So I thought the introduction of Callum Chambers as our sitting midfielder was a was a, a really shrewd move by Gerrard. Again, he's we've mentioned that he played there uh, for Fulham uh, when he was on loan there a couple of seasons ago, and 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 was probably their best player in what was a difficult season for them, playing in that position. So he's experienced playing there, and and, and I think it, it showed. Yeah, I think he 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 struggled um, in the early stages, but he grew into it, and I thought it did really well. And we talked again about physicality in that area of the pitch, and he he gives you that. He's a mm. big he's a big player. He's a he's been a solid signing for very mm. little money, if any at all. I think, um, but uh, his versatility is really is he was a canny signing. Yeah, no, player. he really he he really was, and and every time that he's been asked to come in and fill in whether that be centre back or yesterday as as defensive midfielder he's done a he's done a really really good job and we've talked as well about Burnley's slightly unfair they, they do have some some decent technical players and you know, players like Dwight McNeil and stuff but you know they are they are quite physical too and I think that that nullified um their sort of physical threat in in uh in midfield so so I think that was really good bringing him in and yeah Douglas Louise just to mention him Ramsey was out ahead of the game, so it yeah. gave him a chance to play in a, in, a, in a different role, a slightly more offensive, creative role. And I thought he did brilliantly. I thought, you know, this is this is the conversation that we've had a number of times about Douglas Louise is is, is if we don't uh, renew his contract and if we decide to sell him over the summer, he'll go to a club, play in the position he played against uh, Burnley. And do really, really well. Yeah, convinced. I'm convinced he'll go to us if somewhere like if he was at AC Milan, Sevilla, somewhere like that. Yeah, I think we'd all be like, oh, he's he's a really good midfielder. Like, yeah, yeah. T- totally. And and I hope we don't regret it. I mean, to be honest, I think Sanson's days are numbered. Um, yeah, you know, if we are going to move on players in in that in that area of the pitch, then then I, I think Jared will probably be looking to move on Morgan Sanson. 
in which case does that allow us to to try and at least attempt to keep uh, Luis at Villa Park I, I hope so he's he's I think he deserves it I think he deserves a chance to to play in a in a in a more a suitable role for him and I think we would benefit from that um mm. so so you know that's something I think we need to take away from it and then again the chat we had last week about Buendia v Coutinho I mean Buendia off the bench in recent weeks has been phenomenal he mm. took his chance with a with a goal and an assist against uh, against Burnley yesterday I know Gerard said after the game that Coutinho was rested with an eye on the the, the game against uh, Liverpool on Tuesday. So I mean that is that is fair enough. But what what I thought was was something interesting that he, that he mentioned was was it was because of Coutinho, it was almost, almost like alluding to Coutinho's age. It's like Coutinho is not a player that can play you know Saturday Tuesday Saturday. I was like, well, well if you I, you know if you are going to spend thirty three million plus on a on a player and, and including the wages. Surely, you want someone that's going to be playing the vast majority of games. I don't know. That just that just stuck out with me as yeah something that um something that that sort of made me think maybe maybe that's not worth investing that amount of money in. Perhaps uh, particularly when you've got a player like Buendia who can come in and play in that position and, and perform as well as he and, and Buendia did. Buendia is a presser as well. Buendia's sort of defensive mm. work is pretty good actually and actually that was something Alan Shearer highlighted on match of the day I noticed um so Wendy all round I would say he's our record signing it's a big risk in it if you're going for Coutinho with a lot of money and it's the wages I think is what the could be a bit of a breaking point yeah yeah I mean I I do think I don't think it's it's going to be cut and dry this transfer I think I think it could be one of those ones which might rumble on for a while and 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 may even allow other clubs to come in and um and take advantage of the situation to prize them away from us i, I know i i don't know i don't know whether that would be a good thing or a bad thing i guess i guess we'll just leave it to the um to the men in the know to make that that sort of call but um we we'll are see. the men in the know the men in the know nothing did <laughs> ourselves a huge disservice to our knowledge of, of aston villa but, yeah. um but yeah the men in charge I mean, we know we know, but we're not making. Unfortunately, we're not making the calls just yet. Frankie, oh, you, but, you um, don't know about that. I'm sure Perslow's reading my tweets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. No one else is. Um, <laughs> not even my parents. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just just Perslow. They block me. <laughs> <laughs> Muted. Um, but um, but yeah, and then and then just the other kind of interesting point I wanted to flag was um, was Chuck Maker coming on. You know, we haven't seen him. Mm. For a few games, uh, lots of talk about whether he's going to be committing to the club. Um, doesn't look that way at the moment. But, but yeah. again, you know, more minutes for him. I, I wonder whether Gerard has had some sort of maybe inkling that perhaps Carney might want to stay on. Who knows? But maybe um, you never know. I doubt it. I, d- I do doubt yeah. it. But um, but it could be could be one of those sort of last throw of the dice things to try and convince him to 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 sign another contract. But who knows? Yeah, what's interesting when he put him on? I mean, he hasn't played him much recently, and I think it's nothing to do with Carney's talent. Um, I I genuinely think the only reason he hasn't really been getting on the pitch recently is because he just doesn't appear to have committed himself to Villa long term, and he yeah. he just you know in the way that Robenham has. So. Um, you know, I guess Gerard thinks about it. Thinks, well, if his his head's elsewhere and he wants to go off, then why? What is what's in it for me to play him here? He's still mm-hmm. a developing player. Whereas if he committed, I'm a hundred percent certain he would have start, started games. If I'm honest, uh, recently, he's an incredibly talented young player. 
And I still think Villa would be a great suit for him um, for another year or two if he wants, you know, develop and all that. And who knows where Villa are going, you know, in, in the short to long term. Could be on a really good trajectory. Um, but, you know, if he's got it in his head that somewhere like Borussia Dortmund, who've been linked with him, he looks at Jude Bellingham and looks at Jaden Sancho and their success there, thinks he could play in the Champions League very quickly. You know, that might be what's turning his head, uh, possibly, mm. and, you know, at that age. You know, that sort of thing's going to get in your ear. And you, why wouldn't you, you know, dream of playing it in those sorts of games, you know, in front of the yellow wall and all that, you know, fine. But I just think Villa, I think he, I, I'd love, to, I think he should give Villa a, a go. You know, I think he's been getting a chance here. And I think he, if, if he'd signed a contract, I think he'd have been starting games recently. Mm. It's what, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, from what I can gather, he clearly seems to be the most, the, the the player that that within Villa Park they have the highest hopes for in terms of his potential, his ability, yeah. what he can what what he can achieve in the game. The fact that he didn't go on loan this season is yeah, exactly, isn't it? It, yeah. absolutely. And he's been milling obviously around with the first team uh, all season, you know, playing games, getting get, getting minutes, etc. I'd be more ups, upset if if uh, if he was the only talented youngster that we had or or not the only talented youngster but the only one that showed promise yeah. but as we've mentioned a number of times the crop of youngsters that we have at the moment is just astonishing really so it's kind of like if he does go i can look at it and think well okay but we also do have louis barry we have kane kessler hayden we have tim robenham we have mm. you know uh jaden philogene bedes we have cameron archer do you know what i mean like We've got so many talented youngsters that I that I that makes that kind of softens the blow. If he does decide to move, I can say, well, okay, well, fine. We've got we've still got lots and lots of really talented people hmm. just waiting in the wings to to break through into the first team. I think that that would make a difference. Yeah, I, I agree. We're, we're going to touch more on the the youth players in in the spicy question feature. Ooh, um, okay. But uh, I actually tweeted something yesterday that seems to have got quite a few reactions. Um, it's well, not slow reply, did he? Uh, Perzo himself, has, <laughs> he, he's, he's DM'd me, <laughs> the Frankie, what do I do this summer? Who do I sign? I was like, I'm on my knees, I'm begging you. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Perslow, go get Declan Rice this instant. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, so I tweet, basically got a few responses. So I just want to like run them by you a bit. So I, I tweeted this. I said, Villa's win today gave me hope for next season. Wendy is ready to be the main man. He is excellent and has been for a while. The fullbacks are hard to beat and offer a lot going forward. Cash particularly has improved massively in attack. He's elite ATM at the moment, of course, in young person lingo. And the second tweet was, I was underwhelmed by the Norwich win. It felt too pre-season, but Burnley was a good sign, although they were poor. They were static and unimaginative. Douglas looked more comfortable further forward and Chambers did well in CDM. The aim now is to finally get results against top 10 sides. And the responses have been, you know... There's a uh, Jimmy Villain. He said, at this, we are in a really, really good place. Big summer ahead. So good to hear from Jimmy. And uh, someone called Hypo Villain has said uh, um, he's slightly concerned about Villa's passing out from the back with the centre-backs. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. That's something we need to improve. But then two other people have also said um, it was Burnley. Relax. And then somebody else <laughs> has said, so reactionary. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Agree. After we get pumped by Liverpool midweek, it'll be all doom and gloom. <laughs> I was like, Lovely. I, I felt like I was back in the Trinity Road stand, just listening to the guys <laughs> next to me, like having a go. But it was, um, but yeah. So, so George, do you think that I was 
too reactionary, Jesus Christ, or was <laughs> I? Uh, <laughs> or uh, do you agree a bit more with me and and Jimmy uh, Jimmy Villain that um, that Villa are? Uh, I don't know. It's it's looking okay for next season. It it it. it I'm not saying next season we're going to win the Champions League or win the Premier League. Sorry, what I'm saying is, I think the signs that there's you can see it's building towards something. Yeah, no, I do. I do agree with you and Jimmy Villain, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think. Um, I think it was a. It was a. It was a. It was a very. Yeah, it's a, it's a sensible tweet, Frankie, as opposed to the other ones that you often uh, you often publish. Uh, <laughs> people say, oh, it's only Norwich. It's only. It's only Burnley." Um, I hate to say this because it's obviously horribly cliche, but the Premier League actually no Bar Norwich they are terrible, but um, there there are they're, Difficult games are literally every single week, and there are surprises every single week. Yeah. Burnley are in a really, really good run of form, particularly yeah. at home. Okay, you know, in terms of names on 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 the pitch, you know, they they they're not thriving in terms of superstars or anything, but but they have players that work really hard and a and a decent at what they do. Hmm. Um, hence my prediction last week, which was obviously terribly wrong as they always are, where I where I expected Burnley to win. I thought I thought with the with the form that they're in, again, uh, yeah, our performance against Norwich didn't make me think that we could we could rock up at Turf more and um and play the way we did. Um mm. so uh so yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really good performance uh, from us. And it and it is it does it does um set us on our way, I think, for for next season um you know Gerard will have a look at the squad now from now until the end of the season and just make his decisions in terms of who he sees uh, uh, uh sticking around at the club uh for for at least another year um so uh yeah and 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 lots of signs of positivity as you mentioned earlier in the show cash did really well Dino did really well if we can yeah. if we if they stay fit they'll be our starting fullbacks into next season no question yeah. um you know there might be some question marks maybe over the center backs i think that certainly will be an area that we'll look at um, as was mentioned in the other tweet, playing out from the back is something that we struggle with. We don't really have like spectacularly good ball playing defenders. I know Mings does like to kind of maraud forward a little bit, but I always I always get a bit anxious when he does. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think he's naturally gifted at that, in in my opinion. So that will be something that I think we might need to have a look at. Yeah. The formation seems to be working at the moment. You know, we might have a look at uh a new striker, but you know, Watkins and Ings playing together in that kind of four four two diamond, that's that's seems to be okay. We could we could go into next season with that. Buendia is that 10 for me personally would be would be the starting number 10 over Coutinho. So yeah. Um so so there's there's things are starting to fall into place a little bit more. So I'm quite yeah, I'm I'm positive. Um and, and you know, which is which is rare for me. Um mm. I I think looking ahead to next season, it's gotta be gotta be looking positive for sure. We didn't actually mention the goal we conceded, the corner goal. It was it was frustrating because the defense has been doing quite well recently. We've not really conceded a lot of goals. Um, but Conce's form has been a bit it uncharacteristic. I think he's just, mm. just going through a bit of a patch where a lot of players get it all the time. You know, every player gets a moment where they're not quite on form. He's not at his best at this moment in time, um, so I, I, I think I need I need to sit down with Gary Neville to work out what <laughs> happened there. I couldn't make my mind up. Was it Mings not coming forward quick enough, or, or had Conte gone ahead too far? Mm. I, I yeah. the first time I saw it, I thought Mings had played him on, but then I thought has Conte just gone a bit rogue there and not not stayed in line with Mings and just left it. I, maybe it was Conte, which is. 
I think he might just need the end of the season to come concert. Um, mm. He's not at his best at the moment and he's a quality, quality player. So he'll get back to form. And also we should rename the podcast Sir Reactionary Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll do it ahead of next season. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Things are about to get so hot, you'll feel like you've taken a dip in a witch's cauldron. (laughs) In this, the spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and sometimes get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you, as you swim around in the witch's cauldron, which Villa youth player are you most excited about? (laughs) Um, This show's got a bit Macbeth, hasn't it? (laughs) Well, I mean, as as I mentioned earlier in the show, Frankie, there are lots of very talented young players that we we are blessed with uh, having at the moment. Uh, I think it's the, the best, uh, the best period that we've had where 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 we've had you know such promising uh young players in the academy and coming through so that's that's genuinely a difficult uh a, a difficult question i feel like i feel like i'm struggling here in the in the witch's cauldron uh burning mm. up um as i turn into a newt uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh so yeah well let's let's go through them let's go through them so um carney chukwamaker as we mentioned Yes, an excellent talent, really good prospect in terms of in terms of his uh, sort of physicality, his presence. He looks like someone who is playing years ahead of his his uh, his he, his he age. Yeah. Um, and um, and I would obviously, as most Villa fans, I'd want him to sign uh, a new contract with us as soon as possible because I, I think he he is someone that could cement a place in that in that uh, team. Um, you know, this season, next season, absolutely. But obviously mm. there are question marks over his commitment. He hasn't signed yet. Rumours of him moving clubs, as you mentioned, uh, Dortmund. And if he feels that that's the next step for him, then genuinely I would say, you know, fine. Um, that's that's your decision and 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 go for it. But he's certainly a, a very talented player. Um, uh, out on loan, uh, Louis Barry. Has done has done actually re- after a really disappointing loan spell at Ipswich. I think a lot of us had high hopes that he would he would perform in 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 League One with them. But to be honest, I don't think that was the right environment. I, I kept my eye on Ipswich's signings uh, over the course of the summer just to see where they were improving uh, mm. their side, and they were signing a lot of players in that position, lots of attackers and strikers and attacking midfielders. Yeah. And basically, and 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 they had a really disappointing season really um where they were where where if you're a youngster looking to get minutes you're not going to get in because they were they were sort of chopping and changing the side a lot yeah and then decided to go with just experienced players to help them out and they ended up sacking the manager didn't they yeah exactly exactly yeah so the manager got rid of him in (laughs) yeah yeah um so so that was difficult but he came back went back out on loan this time to League Two with Swindon and has had a really, really good end of the season with them. You know, he's, I think he scored six goals in about six, 14 or 15 appearances. Six, I think it was six in 12. Six in 12. Yeah, yeah. it's a really good record. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great record. Um, obviously, that breeds confidence. He's he's got Swindon, he's helped Swindon. 
get into the playoffs there yeah. in League Two. So, um, so he's someone that that you know he comes with a great pedigree, obviously being um, being at um, Barcelona uh, as well, obviously. So, so he's someone I'm really excited about. Kane Kessler Hayden, another one who had a fantastic loan spell was Swindon. Yeah, uh, won their uh, young player of the season. Uh, award actually in the last week which yeah, is remarkable crazy. considering he's a lone player who only played half a season with them yeah <laughs> um so so that's fantastic he then went to mk dons he helped them get into the league one playoff uh places a bit of a disappointing result uh, against wickham though in the, in the in the first leg but you know still a chance to to help them get into the championship which would be a great mm. achievement for him um cameron archer you know we've mentioned him previously banging them in uh, for preston my my uh, my uh, partner's dad is a massive Preston fan, and, and he just loves him. Uh, really? He thinks he's, he's he thinks he's a brilliant player. Just offers offers something different. You know, he's 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 got that kind of short, stocky, low center of gravity um, mm. sort of sort of terrier type vibe about him. Yeah, it is uh, good he's, to have he, strikers like that. He yeah, can sort of and, shake and, it up and a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And he's a great finisher. You know, he's 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 a really really strong finisher. So it'll be interesting to see him how he gets on. Uh, Hopefully, with the first team with us next season, Philogene Bedace at Stoke has done well. Again, you know, playing playing in the Championship is is you know it's a it's a tough league. It's a really really good mm. league. I mean, the Championship I think in any other country would be the top would be the would be the you know the the, the top league in, in many in many countries. Not maybe the elite uh, countries in Europe, but but certainly in other in other parts of the world, it'd be it'd be the number one league, wouldn't it? So um so he's doing well there. So um. And Tim Rogbenham, haven't even mentioned him. Um, started against yeah. Norwich. Uh, looks really, really good. Obviously, Gerard sees a, a lot in him. He, he's, I think he's a bit of a rough gem. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see whether he goes out on low next season or is still in the first team picture. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But he had a, a really good debut against Norwich and has done well in the games that he's um, come in mm. on as a, as, a, as a substitute. So, so many talented young players. And there's probably some I've missed out. Yeah. Um Ofinazaz, even at League Two in, in, yeah. in Newport is in was in League Two's team of the year. Um You live near so, Newport, I'd expect you to be going uh, yeah, over scouting him all the time, giving yeah, him a little yeah. chat in the ear, you know. <laughs> Driving over to Rodney Parade on a miserable Tuesday night <laughs> to watch Finazaz. <laughs> just um, wearing your villa top, just pointing at the badge, like kiss the badge in front of you. <laughs> yeah. My God. So yeah, well yeah, so so I mean he's a bit older, I think he's about twenty one. So yeah. um it'll be you know who knows with him, but he's certainly done really well in League Two. So, um, yeah, I think I think for me, for, so for me personally, because he's playing in a position that I think we just need strengthening in, and 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 Ger- Stephen Gerrard, who's one of the Premier League great Premier League's greatest centre midfielders, has high hopes for. For me, in the last few weeks, Tim Rogbenham is someone who I'm really looking forward to to, to pushing uh, and, and staking a claim to be our kind of like long-term option at, at, in that sort of cent- okay. uh, defensive midfield spot. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go for Timmy. Okay. Yeah. I I, I agree on, on Erobenum. I think there's, every, you know, you're 18 years of age, you start in the Premier League, you're clearly a very, very good footballer. Um, and he looked, you know, it was he looked comfortable against Norwich. I think he starts off quite nervously, a couple of wayward passes, but that's to be expected. It's a very difficult role to play centre midfield. It's one where I think having age and experience actually is really helpful. Um, but he grew into the game. So there's a lot of potential there. 
This is actually a question I got asked uh, uh, when I did a guest appearance on Holtcast um, with Cole Pessum and Tom Nightingale. And uh, I said on that that the player I think has caught my eye the most is Kane Kessler Hayden. Mm-hmm. Really seems to have excelled at both Swindon and MK Dons. Um, he, he looks he looks just physically like a like a very good footballer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I know I know looks can be deceiving, but he's definitely bulked up and playing in both League Two and League One this season mm. and doing so well for both teams doing does well all go really well for for how he's going to get on with us. Yeah, doing well for England too. Yeah, very speedy, um, good reactions. So I think to me, and Kessler Hayden as well, I do remember Dean Smith even talking about him, I think two years ago. I think there was a there was a bit of a sense at Villa that he was one to really have a good chance of making the first team. So look, I think Villa have a freakishly good U team compared to previous years. And that makes sense because uh, it's something that I think the board has really got right since they took over at Villa. Yeah, um, lots of investment in the Lots of investment U team. A lot of these players, you know, some of them maybe will eventually will sell for huge amounts of money. Ideally, you wouldn't sell them, you'd keep them and we'd build an amazing team. But the realistic thing is some of these players are going to go. And even if you sell for just seven, eight million, it racks up, you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's win-win, isn't it, ultimately? Either yeah. they, they succeed with Villa or they succeed with Villa and and other clubs want them and we sell them for astronomical amounts of money which which that helps then kind of you know keep keep yeah. that keep that train going and it's the sort of thing that Chelsea did but the problem with Chelsea is that they barely brought any of them through a lot of them ended up going elsewhere um which is where Chelsea made actually quite a lot of money but also um you know these players you'd think at Villa have more of a chance of getting through and playing and becoming part of Villa's first team than they would at, say, a Chelsea, where yeah. you're expecting Chelsea to go sign a player for 80 million every summer, you know? Um, so I think Villa are a perfect club for this kind of approach. I think it's exciting. I love the idea of Villa being that kind of a team. Um, and, uh, you know, Erobinum's come through. Villa Jean Bidet's played last season at Spurs. Uh, he's had a couple of appearances this season for Villa as well, I think. Uh, I remember him playing at Newcastle. Um, and then... Uh, Louis Barry, as you say, the Ipswich game, uh, the Ipswich loan, sorry. Um, yeah, it, it just clearly wasn't the right fit. I don't think it was a comment on him. I think it was a comment on what was going on at the club at the time. Mm-hmm. Because at Swindon, he's really done well. And there's a couple of goals he scored for Swindon, which have been really high quality. At the age of 18, men's football league two, you know, not, a, not an easy league to go into by any means. They're now in the playoffs. You like to think he's been a bit a part of helping them get there. Yeah, um, and if, they, if they can get promoted, you know that's a great. That's that's a big thing for him to you know be a part Achieve. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even the playoffs itself is a big experience for him. So, um, you know, he got that goal against Liverpool. The youth cup finally got a fantastic goal as well, from what I remember. Um, whether that's maybe I'm thinking of the semi final, but he um, he shot. I, I, there's certainly. Um, signs from his Swindon line that make me think, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does when he eventually gets his chance in the first team in cup games and pre-season, that kind of thing. Um, so definitely players keep an eye on. And there's so many others, as you say, Finazaz, Ben Krasin, highly rated, technically mm. looks a really lovely player. He'll, I assume, get a loan next season. Arjun Reiki out at Grimsby. So all these guys, you'd like to, you know, it's rare you two players make it through, but I do think that, you know, you could have a circumstance where in a year, two years, a few of the names we've said will be regular 
uh, players in the first team. And I'd say, you know, you could have as high as maybe three or four of them, which would be in itself just an amazing thing to, to have seen. Totally. And when, when, when Gerard took over, he, he spoke about the squad generally, and he thought that um, there wasn't enough experience there. He, so he, want, he wanted to raise the, the, the average age of the, of the squad. And I think if you supplement ex- the experience that he wants to bring in with the, youth, the, the you know the, the fabulously exciting youth players that are coming through, then then you know I think I really think that's a recipe for for success because you you've got those experienced players that can do the business, know know what it's like to to win games at uh, you know at, at a high level, and you've got these youngsters around them just 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 feeding off them, you know, like learning mm-hmm. learning learning. The, the tricks of the trade, both kind of the, the mentality that it takes to be a successful Premier League player, and as well as just general ability. So I'm really confident, kind of looking forward with 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 how things are going at the at the Villa. So hopefully we can kind of secure that sort of top ten finishes, which is what we were aiming for, really. Mm. Um, this uh, by the end of this season, and that'll be a springboard then for next uh, next year, where we can try and look towards those European places. That was the spicy question and both George and I are very excited about some of the talent that's emerging at Aston Villa. If there's one particular player you're keen on seeing in the first team, you can let us know by getting in touch at allvillanofiller at gmail.com or you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Okay, well, let's look ahead now to Villa's next game on Tuesday night. We play arguably the best team in the world, Liverpool. They had a bit of a stumble against Spurs. I don't know if that will all go well for us uh, midweek. Mm. You know, there'll be a wounded animal, and obviously it'll be Steven Gerrard uh, facing his his uh, you know his beloved club as well. So interesting, an interesting couple of lines to the narrative. Um, mm. But surely, Frankie, you're expecting another seven two. Absolutely. Um, I think actually 7-0, clean sheet this time. Um, (laughs) I I, I think Liverpool are the best team in the world. Even if they lose the final to Real Madrid and even if Man City win the Premier League, I do think they're the best team in the world. I think, I just think there's just an energy to them that's, uh, they're really impressive. Jurgen Klopp, I, I mean, goodness me, I think, you think of the job he's done there at Liverpool, like, you know, when he went in there, they were pretty poor. They, You know, the, and this isn't a club that's run by a nation state. That They've just got endless amounts of um, cash to, you know, to, to spend like City have. You know, he, he's been, he's, he's turned this team from a club that was pretty average to one that now is an absolute world beater of the side, a historically good team. Um, competing with the you know the club that has the greatest resources of any club ever in Man City and uh, an absolutely incredible manager in Pep Guardiola as well. So Klopp, I th- he's essentially like a, a modern day Ferguson. I think if I was to be honest, he reminds me of a bit of Fergie. Um, but you know, as much as I eulogise about Klopp and all that, um, this week can Villa cause any kind of upset? I wouldn't write it off, you know. If I was to guess on it, I'd say they'll beat us, right? They'll beat us 2-0, 3-1, something like that. Mm-hmm. Vad's put a bet on it. 
But I, I wouldn't write off that Villa, Tuesday night, Liverpool with a big run of games, they're going to have to probably mix the team up a little bit, although, you know, their squad is very good. Can, how can Villa cause them problems? Well, they play the high line and we exposed that last season. Against Burnley, there were a few times in the first 25 minutes where Villa went long very quickly and both Ings and Ollie Watkins and particularly Watkins, who's a, a bit quicker and a bit, you know, a um, bit, bit, bit of an awkward player to defend against, I think. he was caught, That was causing a lot of problems for Burnley's defence. Now, obviously, Liverpool are a lot better. But I, th- I think quick balls forward maybe just beat their press. Like a long ball over the top, as, as rudimentary as that is. You know, if someone tr- like Trent is caught quite high up the pitch and Ollie Watkins gets in behind, I think that could be a recipe for potentially getting goals for Villa. That might be how we do it. It's going to be tough, obviously, and the likelihood is they'll beat us. Luis Diaz looks like a fantastic sign. Yeah. Mane, of course, Salah, you know, these these are just some of the best players going. But um, do I think we can cause their defense problems? I do, yeah. I think I think we can score. Um, and I think when Dia, it's going to be a tougher game for him. He won't be given as much space as he was. But I think quick balls down the channels or over the top, expose one of their fullbacks a bit further forward. Um, Watkins is going to be quite a key player, I think, uh, if if we are to get anything out of it. Um, it's been funny. I've had a lot of Liverpool fans say to me, are you going to stop Man City on the last day of the season? I'm like, we're going to stop you at Villa Park. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll see how we get on. If we lose, you, you know, it, it, it just depends on how, and how you go out. And, you know, and I think mm. as long as we can put up a really good show and a good fight, like we did at Anfield, uh, this season, when we lost one nil, were robbed by that penalty. Um, I think there's a there's a good chance we can do we can at least get something or or come close to getting something at Villa Park. There are, there are a couple of interesting points I, I, I wanted to make. So yeah. Liverpool struggled against uh, Spurs. I, I would say, having watched the game, Spurs were the better side um, at Anfield, which was it was just saying something. I, I mean, Spurs are a good side. Let's be honest; they're they're very good and they're well coached and they've got some great players as well. So, you know, it wasn't. I, mean, I guess it wasn't too much of a surprise that that perhaps that it was a, it was a draw. But obviously, Liverpool need to win um, if they want to maintain their title push. They had a real sort of slog against Villarreal. Um, you know, they had to just push. You know, push and punish themselves basically to claw themselves back into that game in the second mm. half. Um, that you know that was a slog. They've played every single game they could possibly have played in mm. uh, this season, which is remarkable. You know, every game in the FA Cup, every game in the League Cup, every game in the Champions League, every Mental, game in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. You know, it's 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 crazy. And and I've just seen in the last few performances, Villarreal and and and, and Spurs, that they're just getting. They look knackered. They really do, and and I think you know, Salah Klopp, looks tired. Yeah, Salah looks Salah's tired. A, yeah, Salah. Yeah, he's an amazing play. player, but he's not on form in the way. No, he has been, is he? No, and and in the match today coverage yesterday, you know, you could you could pick out just sort of sloppy balls. You know, things they just weren't really doing even they a couple of weeks sloppy, ago. Yeah. They just making making wrong decisions. Um, you know, sloppy runs, that sort of thing. That's happening now. Mm. And a team like us, you know, if you take into account, so that's Liverpool then. And I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss them at all because we all know what an incredible team they are and what an achievement in itself to make, you know, the finals of all the competitions that they've made and still be in with a chance of winning the Premier League. It's just, mm. just an unbelievable um, performance. 
but it just means they're being spread so thin at, at the kind of like the knife edge of the season, you know, the final point. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's one thing. And then from our perspective, we're in good form, two wins. Okay. Yeah. Against teams battling relegation, but wins, wins are wins and wins breed confidence. We've got a formation that seems to be working. We've got players in their positions, which seem to be working. Um, we got strikers in Watkins and Ings, which are who are in really good form. Mm. Um, we're playing at Villa Park uh, under the lights, which again, as we mentioned before, we we we, we can, yeah, you know, it's things the special things happen at Villa Park when 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 you know when it's when it's a late kickoff, and it's Stephen Gerrard against you know his his old club. Uh, so in terms of motivation for him, it's massive. You know, he'll, mm. he'll obviously he'll want Liverpool to win the league, but not not at Villa Park. I, th- I think he'll. I think he'll be highly motivated to get a good performance out of us against Liverpool. So and and the pressure's off. You know, we don't have anything to play for, uh, and and every and Liverpool have everything to play for. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I the part of me agrees with you, Frankie. I think we could get, we could get a decent result. I mean, fast forward to Wednesday, and we're talking about how we were thumped six 0 by Liverpool. But, um, but I I think we could get something for sure. Yeah. Um, and I actually think. I think we could. Uh, I think we can beat Liverpool. It's it's not impossible. Uh, I would say. I think Watkins, as I said before, he likes a goal against Liverpool. Actually, he's got a few, hasn't he, against them? Um, I think he could be key uh, if we are to get anything. Uh, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. You know, they are playing for everything, and we're not playing for anything now. Really, the pressure's very much off. But and, and because and because just sorry just to say and because it's a it's a it's a midweek game as well they they have very little time to recover yeah that's true. liverpool yeah. they're yeah. straight back into it tuesday night against yeah. us so it's not going to be easy for them no. so 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 I mean, I'm, I'm i'm tempted to say villa are going to win that you're right about i thought against spurs spurs played really well tactically it was a very clever game from conte it was a very like silly performance wasn't it yeah. and you, when you've got a player like son and or players like son and kane on the break well yeah they're going to do something at some point. Yeah, as, as we um, found out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I thought um, you were right. The final third, Liverpool looked uh, uncharacteristically off it. Um, I think Salah and Mane were kind of a bit, I don't know, just some of their passing was a bit oddly un- uncharacteristically wayward. Luis Diaz looked very on it though. So I think if Liverpool has really hurt us, I think Luis Diaz might be the player to watch. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think there's there's, some, there's something there. And I, the, the point for Villa to prove, I think, is you know we've had a, a lot of stre- we've been very streaky this season, but we have consistently been not getting results against the top ten. Like we just haven't. Mm-hmm. I can't even. You know, we got. Well, I think we beat United, but at Old Trafford, but we haven't really done anything against anyone else. Um, I think we've got to start getting these getting results now against like the top sides uh and this would be a good starting point to do that okay thank you everybody for listening i've been your host george Zelinsky. see you later frankie i'll catch you in a bit unfortunately i won't actually be able to see the liverpool game because of work duties it's the Ooh. first game i'll have missed this season but uh we'll be back after the crystal palace game next week we certainly will well it's goodbye from me as frankie says we will be back to review sunday's game against crystal palace but until then come on super aston villa